welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. If you would, would you stand with me and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. And we are going to stand for the reading of the word. And I'm going to read a few verses here and then I'm going to pray. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 19, says, Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made with God, made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Father, we thank you for our time together in your presence. God, I thank you right now that your word always brings truth. It always brings life. It always brings healing. It always brings restoration. And Father, I just pray right now that as we spend time together in your word, that you are opening eyes and ears and hearts to receive your spirit of truth, to receive your life. Father, I thank you that you are doing a work this morning that only you can do. May walls fall off. May chains be broken. May walls come down in your presence we say that you are the name above all names that you are the king of kings the lord of lords and god we thank you for what you and your presence are doing this morning in jesus name we all said amen Amen means so be it go ahead and have a chair and let's jump into this together so here we are in romans chapter three um we're doing about a half a chapter Per week is what we've been managing to get through. We're in the bottom half of chapter 3. And so far in the book of Romans, what Paul has been doing is making a case to the Roman believers that everybody needs the Lord. That it doesn't matter if you were a Jew or you were a Gentile. Remember, Gentiles back then were people who just weren't Jewish. They didn't know God. They didn't have a special relationship with God. They weren't part of the children of Israel. They were non-Jews. They were Gentiles. And what Paul has been laying out for everybody is that we all need God. Amen? We all need God. We're not going to make it without God. You can't make it through this life without God. You need God in your life. And that's what Paul's been trying to get across. The Jewish people back then, some of them believed, there was groups of them that believed that even though they were Jews, or because they were Jews, they could live however they wanted, and they would still get into heaven because they were God's chosen people. And, And the point that Paul was trying to make to them is, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. We all need Jesus just the same. And this is what I'm talking about. This is where Paul is going. This is what his letter is. And so in the first part of chapter 13, or chapter 3, I'm sorry, we just finished this section that was called Stringing Pearls. 
And I just wanted to say that again because it seems like such a fun thing to say. Stringing pearls. Isn't it like a beautiful picture? And what it was, was if you remember, it was about six verses where Paul was putting together facts about how basically everybody needs God in their life. How nobody's perfect, nobody's sinless, nobody's blameless. We're all sinners. We all need God. And what he was doing was they called it with stringing pearls. And he was pulling from all these different Psalms and scripture references in the Old Testament, putting them all together in one big passage. And they called it stringing pearls. I just love that picture. I just love the picture of somebody sitting down, taking the time to put this piece together with this piece and this piece over here comes and fits next and putting it all together in one great thought, proving the point that we all need God. And he finishes up then in verse 19 saying this. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. Now, he says something here that's really great. He says, for its purpose. Everybody says purpose. Say purpose. Purpose. The reason. The reason it exists. Its purpose is to, number one, keep people from having excuses. And number two, to show that the entire world is guilty before God. So the purpose of the law has two purposes that Paul is laying out here. Number one, it's to keep people from having excuses. And number two, to show that the entire world is guilty and needs God. Now remember, he was writing a letter to two groups of people. The beginning in chapter one, he was writing to all the Gentiles, to the Romans, who had many gods that they served, and they believed that they could do whatever they wanted and it didn't matter, and they said they didn't know God, and so it didn't count against them, basically. And Paul's saying that nobody has excuses. If you remember in chapter 1, he talks about how everybody can look around. And you can go outside and you can look at the trees and you can look at the seasons and you can look at the sun and the moon and the stars and you can look at people and and see how they're made and how they grow and they get old and they die and then new people are born. You can look at all these things and marvel and wonder and as you look at them and as you ponder them, you come to the conclusion that there really is more to life than just here and now. That there really is a God. The Bible talks about in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that God has written eternity in the hearts of men. And so he says here, number one, the purpose of the law is that nobody has an excuse. That you can all go outside, that you can all look at all the wonders and all the things that God has made and say, I've got no excuse. So the Romans, the non-believers, the Gentiles had no excuse for not trusting God. And then he says, point number two is to show that all are guilty. And here he's talking to the Jews because some of those Jews, like I said, believed that just because they were Jewish people, that they had special privilege and they just got to go to heaven because they were God's chosen people and he shows and he lays out a case saying hey you don't get to go to heaven just because of your family heritage all are guilty all need God so the purpose of the law is these two these twofold things and he goes on here and it's in verse 20 and he says for no one can ever be made right with God By doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. If you didn't have the law, if you didn't have the word of God, you wouldn't know your own need for salvation. You know, ignorance is bliss sometimes, isn't it? And see, that's what the law did. The law came and took away the ignorance. You know, you can go on a road. How many of you ever been driving on a road and you couldn't find a speed limit sign? I don't know know if 
if you're like me, but if I find no speed limit sign, I go as fast as I can, telling myself there's no sign here so I can go as fast as I want. I remember one time, way, this is dating myself, but way back in the day, we went on a road trip. Some of you may remember that my family is from the States, and so we'd go on road trips in the summers and go down and visit family. And um, uh, back in the day, Montana did not have a speed limit in the state on the interstates. It was amazing. They had these big signs everywhere. And the sign actually said, for the speed limit sign, it said, whatever is reasonable and prudent. And let me tell you, to a 17-year-old teenager, there's a lot that seems reasonable and prudent. And we got on that freeway and we drove as fast as we could under the guise of, this is reasonable. I'm in a hurry. I don't want to spend all day driving. I want to get through Montana because there's nothing here. You know, when you are ignorant of the law, when you get on those roads and you drive and you see no speed limit, life's great. You have no real, you, you don't know what the speed limit is and you're reasoning and you're rationalizing with yourself. Hey, if I get pulled over, I can just tell the cop, there's no sign here. Sorry, officer, there was no posted speed limit sign here. I didn't know what I was doing. And then the officer would say, well, listen, actually, there is laws. We do have laws, and you do know, if you think way back to when you took your driver's test, you do know that there are posted limits within residential neighborhoods and in country roads and on freeways. You know that even if there's no sign posted, you see the law comes to show you your need for the Savior. Without the law, you'd have no need. You'd have no understanding. You'd have no knowledge of your own filth and your own nastiness. It was the law that came and pointed out, hey, guess what? You're not living like you should. There's a better way. Your life could be a whole lot better. You are living in sin. And sin, as we talked about last week, does what? Separates us from God. And I don't know about you. Maybe you like it. I don't like being separated from God. I don't want God's presence to depart and to leave me. You know the guy in the Bible whose name was Ichabod? Ichabod? And it means the glory has departed. And it was when Eli the priest had died and someone was in labor. And she had her baby and when her baby was born, she named her baby Ichabod because the glory had departed. I don't want to be like Ichabod. I want the glory of God in my life. I don't want to be separated by sin from God. I want to live in a place where if I have the law, I can go and, and we'll get to this if we get to the end of chapter 3 today because we actually have to be out of the building at a certain time today. But anyways, if we get there, the law shows you your need for God. And as you enter into a relationship with God, you're not bound by the law. You're not bound by I have to live all these commands. In fact, the Apostle Paul goes on and talks about how you're not saved by doing all these laws. You're saved by faith. You're saved by grace in Jesus Christ. And so I don't want to live in a place where I am separated from God because of the sin in my life. So actually, I am thankful that I have a book that points out my blind spots to me so that I can come back into right relationship with God. Are you picking up what I'm putting out? Are you smelling what I'm cooking on this stage? Jordan, as a chef, are you smelling what I'm cooking? He says, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. And if we didn't have this book, 
if we didn't have these laws, if we didn't have the word of God, which brings life and healing and health. How do you think this book brings life to you? It brings life to you by showing you there's a better way. By saying, hey, by the way, you should not do this in your life. You should not act this way. You should not talk this way. You should not think this way. You should not believe this way. You should think and act and do and believe this way. And you read it and you say, hmm, that's a really good point. I need to make some changes in my life. I need to make some changes in my behavior. Behaviors. I need to take, make some changes in my mindsets. And as you make those changes, what happens? It brings you into right relationship with the Lord and you have his life and his presence there. I just want to tell you, this is way off my notes. So clearly it's for somebody here in this place. I don't know where we're going, but we're going somewhere. Okay, okay. Verse 21, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Everybody, at the, at the top of verse 21 there, can I just point this out again to you? But now God has shown us a way. Everybody say a way. Say a way like you mean it. Listen, God has shown you a way. God has shown you a way. There is a way, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we're going to dive into this some more, but he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. There is no way to the Father by any other name. Okay, there is a way, and that a way is Jesus Christ. There is a way, and it says to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was pro uh, promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Listen, right here he's talking about what Paul is trying to do is he is putting together the Old Testament writings and the New Testament. He's trying to show these Jewish believers that I'm giving you a new idea. I'm, giving, I'm bringing to you a new concept, but I want you to see that the concept that I am bringing to you, in fact, isn't really new. The prophets talked about it in the Old Testament. The scrolls that you have, they talked about it. Moses, when he wrote the first five books of the Bible, which we call the Pentateuch, and Moses wrote them when he was up on the mountain with the Lord and spending all that time in there, Moses wrote those books down and he brought them down to us and gave them to us. And it talks about when Moses wrote those things down, he talked about the way to be made right with God. Maybe you can guess who I'm talking about. Come on. Jesus. Go with me here to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Let's look at this together. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Listen, this is the beginning. This is the beginning where it all kicks off, where it all starts. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I will put enmity, open hostility. This is the amplified translation between you and the woman and between your seed, offspring, and her seed. He shall fatally bruise your head. That he that, that he's talking about, that he that when Moses was, was inspired by the Spirit of God on the mountain to write this down, that he is Jesus Christ that he's talking about. And he says that that he will fatally bruise your head. It's Jesus he's talking about. Okay, let's go to, let's go to I think it's Deuteronomy you want to go to. Yes, Deuteronomy chapter 18, 
Verse 15, Moses is talking. He says, Moses continued, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Listen, this is Moses writing to the children of Israel way before Paul shows up on the scene. And he's saying the same thing. He said, God's going to send a prophet that you've got to listen to. Let me tell you today, you've got to listen to Jesus. Come on, now you got to listen to Jesus in your life. If you want to go to the way, the truth, and the life, you got to surrender yourself to him and listen to what he says to you in your life. Verse 18 says this, I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell the people everything I command him. Talking about Jesus. So Paul here is writing, man, I'm getting excited. I gotta come. I gotta come down a little bit. I can feel my heart racing. <laughs> Could be because I'm wearing a hoodie and a jacket, but whoo. It's like Brian this morning in prayer when he said that he was out of breath when he was praying. He needed to exercise. <laughs> the Apostle Paul is talking to the Jewish people here, and he's trying to make a point to them. And the point is, is that we all need God. And then he goes on to say that. This is not a new point. This isn't a new idea. This isn't a new concept that I'm writing to you. You have just forgotten it, and you've chosen to look away. You've chosen to look to other things to be your way. Here's a question. How many of us have chosen other things in our life to be the way? I think a lot of us do. I think a lot of us look to the government, we look to our moms and our dads, to our friends, to the doctors. We look to medical doctors, professional doctors, mental doctors. All, we just look at all kinds of other solutions instead of looking to Jesus, who the Bible says is the author and finisher of your faith. I tell you what, when you're going through life storms, you go through those life storms. You go and get help from wherever you need to get help from. But let me tell you this. We sing these songs. We believe that Jesus is the name above every other name. So what I want to tell you is, is that the place that you really need to be going is into his presence on your knees and saying, God, I need your name. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I don't know what's going on. And yeah, I went to the doctor and this is what the doctor says. Listen, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. That's good. And here's what you should do you should go to the doctor you should listen to what the doctors say and then you should leave the doctor and you you know if he gives you medicine take medicine do whatever the doctor says but then you take that specific thing and you go into the presence of the lord and say this is what the doctor says jesus but i know that your name is the name that is above cancer i know that your name is the name above arthritis i know that your name is the name above depression or mental illness or whatever else i can name i know the doctor said i have this but i'm coming into your presence god with this label and i'm leaving it at your feet and I'm laying it down here and I'm saying your name, the name of Jesus is greater than whatever this is right here. I don't, I don't it's like way off my notes, Jess. I don't even we were looking at Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15 and 18 and so what the apostle Paul is doing is he's stitching together and he's saying, don't forget that this new way that I'm talking about really isn't a new way. It's been the way all along. You just chose other things. And I want to remind you again that Jesus is the way. And he says here, verse 22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. 
And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Now, he's saying no matter who we are because, again, remember, he's writing to a large group of people. Some of them are believers, some of them are Jews, and some of them are Roman citizens who have all kinds of gods. And so what he's saying to these people is God came for all of us, and uh, we're made right with God. And we may get into this. We're almost out of time. He says we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And and depending on what translation you have, he begins, Paul begins to introduce this concept of righteousness and justified and justice. And the, the concept of righteousness, you can't get away from. I don't know if we'll get this far, but righteousness basically means that you are now in right standing with God. That you are in right relationship with God. That before, before him, before Jesus, you weren't in right relationship. You had outstanding debt. You were in error. You had marks against you. You owed something. But when Jesus came, Jesus made you in right standing. He made you in right relationship. Meaning that he wiped out your debts. He wiped out the things you owe. All those crosses that he had against you. All those crosses, those black X's you had on your name, Jesus, and the work that he did on the cross made you righteous in God's eye. He declares you, and this is what I love. Man, I can't jump ahead of this, but the actual meaning of the word righteous is that God declares you righteous through the work of the cross. So when he looks at Brendan, he says, I declare. Don't you love the idea of God declaring something over you, over saying, this is what I see. When I look at Cindy, when I look at Robin, when I look at Jordan, when I look at Cherokee, I am declaring them. I don't, I don't see this other stuff. I don't see that mess. I declare them by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I declare them righteous. They are in right relationship with me. All those debts have been marked out. They've been erased. They've been thrown away. I declare them righteous in the name of Jesus. Oh, guys, that's exciting to me. So he says, this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Can we just go to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 for a minute? Because this is important. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 in the Amplified says, The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient towards you. Somebody should be hooting and hollering, but the fact that the Lord is extraordinarily patient towards you. Because I don't know about you, but I make all kinds of mistakes. And if I was God, I'd be like, okay, that's enough. You've made enough mistakes, and I am no longer giving you patience. I'm tired of the mistakes you made. I'm tired of all the mistakes you've messed up and done. But the Lord is up in heaven giving you extraordinarily patient times. Not wishing for any to perish but for all to come to repentance. Let's look at it in another translation. We've got the Passion Translation. It says this. This means that contrary to man's perspective, exactly what I just said, right, in my own desires, in my own natural thoughts, I would say, whew, this person just is never going to get better. This person is going to keep messing up until the day they die. I'm just tired of wasting my time and energy on them. Have you ever had somebody in your life that you can identify with that? And you're like, listen, I've given this person chance after chance after chance after chance. Nobody? 
okay, okay, okay. We all have those people. We give them chance after chance. And so the Passion Translation says, this means that contrary to mine and yours perspective, to our ideas, to our thoughts, to our, what we would like to see happen, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness, but rather his delay is simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Listen, I want to tell you today, if you leave this place and don't remember anything else, remember that God is after everybody. That God is not willing that any should die and go to hell. He wants everybody to come and be a part of his family. And so he's giving you chance after 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 chance. Because we still, like that's not even a drop in the bucket of how many chances the Lord has given us in our life. Think about your life. Think about all the mistakes that you've made. Think of all the times you screwed up. Think of all the things that you've done that you knew you shouldn't have done while you were doing it. And the Lord is still saying, I'm giving you chance after chance after chance after chance. He's like, make it a rain. Make it a rain. Chance after chance after chance after chance. Just doling them out. All these chances. Come on. Come on. You've got a God who's extraordinarily patient with you. Who cares about you. Who loves you. And here's the thing. He loves, uh, he loves Leaf and gives Leaf as many chances as he's going to give Leaf's mom and dad. And he loves, he loves, he loves Ruth. I was like, who haven't I mentioned in a while? He loves Ruth as much as he loves me. And he's going to give us both chance after chance after chance. And here's the thing, man. I make a lot of mistakes, so I'll probably use way more chances than Ruth ever does. But God's not up in heaven saying, well, guess what? You just ran out. Listen, listen, listen. Ruth has only used 23% of the chances that you use, Jake. Jake, you're done. You've had no chances. It doesn't matter. God's up in heaven being extraordinarily patient with you, giving you chance after chance after chance, declaring you righteous by the work of Jesus. Christ on the cross. Mm, come on now. That's some exciting stuff. <laughs> Guys. <sighs> I was thinking about church. This has nothing to do with anything but other than this. I was thinking about church this morning. Where is everybody going? Okay. Stephen, come back. I want to tell you something. <laughs> chance after chance. See, I told you, man's perspective and the Lord's perspective. I was thinking about church this morning on the way here. And I'm so excited about what God is doing. We're doing this series in Romans. We're calling it Foundations. Because there's foundations that need to be laid. There's a strong foundation. There's things that we need to remember about who God is, what God says, what we're called to believe, who he says we are, and the work that Jesus has done on the cross for us. Because if you don't understand the foundation of the truth, if you don't understand the, bare, the very bare bones of what Jesus did, when you leave this place and you get out in the real world, you're going to be up the creek and you're not going to know what to do and you're not going to know what you believe and why you believe it. You're going to be saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Life is just so hard and it's so difficult. And I don't get it and I don't understand. 
But as we go through this, I'm so excited that God is beginning to reveal things. And our hope and our desire and our prayer is that as we go through this, and you may say, you know what? I've been a believer for 217 years. And I could quote the book of Romans to you, good, thank you, praise Jesus. But a lot of us don't. And so our hope and our prayer is that this gets inside of you, deep down inside, and forms the foundations of who you are. So that every, every situation, every circumstance you encounter, you remember that from today's message that God declares you righteous through the work of Jesus Christ. And so as you leave and as you make mistakes, you remember that God's up in heaven giving you chance after chance after chance and saying, I love you. I think about you. I care about you. And in fact, the work that my son did on the cross for you declares you righteous. And he's got a big stamp. Don't you love those stamps? You know those, those stamps you see in movies? Like those big rubber stamps, and it's always like in some kind of montage shot and someone's doing something, and it's, the stamp's always like, denied, denied, denied. You know, you know the denied stamp? I think some of us stamp ourselves with the denied stamp. I think a lot of times it's not even so much the enemy that stops you. But it's our own hurts and our own pains and our own beliefs about ourselves. But if we can grasp and understand that God is in heaven, and as you are stamping yourself, denied, denied, unworthy, I can't do it, I'm no good, I'm a, I'm a mess up, I've made too many mistakes, denied, 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 that God is up in heaven stamping you over and over saying, you're righteous, you're righteous. I called you, you can, you will, I believe it, I see it. It's who I created you to be, righteous, 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 righteous. Stand up with me. We got a whopping three verses done today, but that's okay because the Spirit of the Lord clearly wanted to say something else. <laughs> They've been preaching the book of Romans for 17 years. <laughs> and you know what? That's okay. Because who knows what's going to happen when a church gets a hold of the revelation of who Jesus is, what God says about you, and what you're called to do and to be. Come on now. <laughs> you guys can start playing something. I want to pray with you this morning. And I want to pray. I want to pray that uh, the Spirit of God is taking the stamp out of your hands. That's what I want to pray. And I'd like you for just a second, I'd like everybody to close their eyes in this place. And if you're here and you're, you're saying, yeah, that's me. I, I am a self-stamper. I've got my own ink pad at home and I had a stamp custom made saying what I believe about myself and I'm just stamping myself all the time. I want you just to admit it by raising your hand and we're gonna pray together and break the power of that thing over us. Father, you see these hands up. You see these hearts that are surrendered to you. 
And God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, by your spirit, that you come into this place and that you begin to remove those stamps. That you begin to say, actually, that's not your stamp anymore. I've got a new stamp for you. Let me take that stamp off your hands and let me give you one of my own making. And God, I thank you right now that you are beginning to speak truth into life, into every heart, into every mind, into every person that is in this place with their hand raised. Father, I thank you that you are bringing validation, that you are bringing restoration that you are revealing your purposes and your plans, that you are showing us who you've called us to be in this day and age. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the lies of the enemy that have been sown into our lives, the words that have been spoken over us, the things that people have said to us, said about us. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that your words are greater, that your words are stronger, that your words bring life. And at the name of Jesus, every lie must bow and surrender to him. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus that you are called righteous, that you are declared righteous in God's eyes by the work of Jesus Christ. And I say right now that the works of the enemy have no power and have no authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.